Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Sapchat. I'm your host, Jaron Main. Now, as many of you are aware, I started my SAP career as a FICO functional consultant. And when I arrived at a client site, I wasn't really much worried about what SAP sat on, if I'm honest with you, from an infrastructure point of view. Of course, I vividly remember conversations about AS400s and how much they were loved by some. But to be honest, as long as the application was available and responsive, I didn't really care. During the 2000s, I worked more closely with my infrastructure colleagues and became more involved in the infrastructure side of the business, working with the likes of Jonathan Lake at HP, where configurations of Superdomes and x86s became the norm. But with the advent of cloud, do we still really have the same level of detailed discussion about configurations and their impacts? I was at the SAP User Group Annual Conference in November 2022 and was considering this when I happened to bump into my guest today, Ian Henderson, and we got into this very debate. And for that reason, I decided to invite him along and discuss this in this episode. Ian is a public cloud technology specialist at Intel, where Ian works with customers and partners to ensure they get the best solutions in their transformation to cloud, be that public, private or hybrid. Ian joined Intel after more than 20 years as a chief technologist at HPE, and he's designed solutions for some of the largest SAP and most critical applications for large corporations across Europe, Middle East and Africa. Ian has extensive and continued experience working with the company's largest customers across most industry verticals, including energy, manufacturing and retail. His role involves working with CXO levels to develop customer innovation agendas, position the value and impact of industry trends and emerging technologies, and help customers to interpret strategic directions taken by the industry competitors, and thereby help customers to define enterprise architecture and transitions to cloud. He specialised on assessment and deployment of central ERP, CRM and data warehouse solutions using products from Oracle, SAP and others. And finally, Ian is one of EMEA's leading experts on design and deployment of architecture for customers' most critical services, including platform choice and move from legacy to cloud or hybrid solutions. Hi, so welcome to the uh, podcast, Ian. It's great to have you along. Thank you. Good to be here. Absolutely. Now, I, I said on the introduction that we, we we obviously met at the SAP user group and got chatting. But before we do that, in terms of the intro, Chief Technologist at Intel, before that, 20-year tenure at HPE, that, that's quite a backstory. I mean, how did, how did that manifest itself over that 20 years? How did you, you eventually get into that role? Um, yes, yeah, so I, I started at HPE as a, a pre-sales consultant in the Unix business. So that was actually lots of big SAP systems. Yeah. That sort of stuff into utilities and things like that. Um, so that was, you know, traditional um, HP Unix, you know, big proprietary scale-up. Yeah. platforms um and and worked on those for a number of years and, and it got to a point where initially as i moved to that um chief technologist role which is a you know it's great for me individual con- contributor but director yeah <laughs> level roles so oh yeah for a technical guy that's great player manager um yeah <laughs> not managing people um and what they realized was they needed someone to sort of be the technology lead across Europe, Middle East and Africa for the, the Unix business. Yeah. So I moved into that role uh, then. And I, it was quite interesting. I just assumed I'd be across most of what I thought was Europe. So France, Germany, and those sort of countries, but actually they were well-staffed. Right. So where I was, was Russia, the Middle East, South Africa, um, 
and it was a, a really exciting time because it was just as you know SAP HANA was coming to market what we were doing at HPE at the time was taking uh, moving from Itanium and taking everything that we'd done in that proprietary world and bringing that to x86 right so we had the right. Superdome machine that you might have heard of oh yeah um you know where we took standard Xeon architectures and gave you 12 terabytes of RAM you know which was incredible at the time yeah um so I did a lot of work particularly out in, in Russia trying to replace things like Sun E25Ks wow. to do telco billing, um, systems in South Africa, lots of big telcos, big utilities, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously that that Unix business was shrinking, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but still a good business. So I was lucky that that role adapted over the next couple of years to become more of an industry chief technologist. So it was a, you know, a great role. Mm concentrating on um, manufacturing utilities and a bit of retail. So, you know, people that make things and move them around was the way I would describe it. Um, so lots of SAP and the mm. Oracle kind of platforms in that world. So did, did a lot of work in that looking at um, really presenting HPE's point of view as to what was happening across that industry. Right. So I became a spokesperson for those sorts of things and that developed over, over the years um and the last few years was you know i was lucky enough to be the technology lead with the mercedes uh formula one partnership as well as part of that. That so work. That was, yeah with mercedes yeah so so yeah fantastic opportunity really really good time there and then you you make the hop over to to intel yeah so so yes yeah, so i've been with intel a year uh, my role at Intel is as a um, an industry technology specialist, um, actually specialising on cloud. So a little bit poacher turned gamekeeper, <laughs> um, if you like, because obviously a lot of what I did at HPE was um, actually helping customers on their cloud journey, right? Because yeah. a lot of them were, were, were doing that, but obviously trying to make sure some of it stayed, stayed. On, on premise or moved to things like their GreenLake platform, yeah. you know, as to... Um, becoming hybrid cloud, which I think is becoming a lot more of a reality now. Seems you know, people are sort of have, have said we're going to move everything to cloud and they found actually I've moved the easy stuff and what do I do with the hard stuff? Yeah. Um, and actually the role at Intel has been very much that. But, but for me, um, the cloud is more of an operating model than a, a location. Mm. Right? You know, it doesn't just mean I'm going all to a hyperscaler. Um, it, it can mean I put it in a, you know, a colo. I've, I've had conversations with a few customers where they've said, um, I'm fully on cloud. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's incredible. Impressive, and then you yeah. dig under the covers and I say, well, you know, I did that in, in hospitality. And I said, uh, so you've got your old booking systems and you've all of that to cloud. And, and they say, well, no, actually that's in a colo. And <laughs> <laughs> right. What we mean is we're out of the data center. And I think that's yeah. what a lot of customers mean by moving to cloud is I don't want to, I don't want to run a data center anymore. I don't want to no. have to care about that sort of stuff, but that doesn't mean you have to stick everything on um, as right. your AWS or GCP. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, and I think particularly with SAP, that's a, you know, there's a lot of choices there mm. about where you put it, you know, and even things like rise that can still be in your own data center, but SAP are running 
a bunch of it for you, you know. So I, I think you know a lot of the conversations I've had more recently are in in that space. Um, so my role at Intel really is is to make sure that people understand how to get the best out of Intel technologies. Yeah. And you know, moving to cloud, I think it's 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 been quite interesting for me. I've spoken to a lot of um, SI partners and things who've just said. You know, the focus is just we just want to get to cloud. We want to shut the data center, just just get it there and get it running and we'll optimize it later. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly with, with a sort of monolithic platform like SAP, that's not so easy. No, quite. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, you know, because obviously you do that, and you might well have bought into a three year reserved instance well, on the cloud. Right. So, yeah, it, it's. And we'll come on to we'll come on to rise uh, a bit a bit later because I've got some some mm. questions around that. But I think where we we started from and where I started from, and, and um, I'm just imagining loads of listeners now coming to me saying, "What? How can you say this?" We just when we met at the at the user group, I think it was the end of of November last year. Yeah, I was kind of uh, having musing my own thoughts, thinking, "Well, I don't know that because this demand with everyone moving to." To cloud cloud is definitely the way that everyone wants to go at least in, in one part or another um you know do people really pay as much attention about the configuration underlying configuration that they used to now i might be completely wrong here but i just got that sense that people were like going to the hyperscalers and saying right okay you know this is this is my environment size it and and that's it whereas I seem to recall, and this might be through rose-tinted spectacles, that there used to be a lot of people pondering over, lots of IT directors pondering over, you know, the exact configurations of of chips and, and you know, all the infrastructure. And I, I wasn't absolutely sure that that's happening today. And I just wondered, and that's the conversation that spawned uh, why you're here today, is whether, you know, do you think that's right or do you think uh, that is completely wrong? Um. I, I guess it, it, my answer would be it depends, right? So there's a lot of different ways that you move to cloud where you can't see what it's running on, mm. right? So so at HPE and at Intel as well, lots of organizations now will, will have moved to a SaaS platform, you know, for Workday or Salesforce or whatever. Mm. You you can't see what's under the covers on a SaaS platform. You're paying for a complete service and they, they run it. You've got no idea mm. of the architecture and, you, and you're paying for that service. Um, and I think a lot of people go to cloud and we'll just look at, there's lots of config tools that will just spit out a default instance. Mm-hmm. Right? And a lot, yeah. of, like, fun, a lot of customers don't know that they can choose an Intel or a competitor's architecture. Yep. And there are these sort of code rings of, of, of stuff, you know, when you, when you look at an AWS or a, or a GCP instance, you can actually tell what processor architecture is underneath. Right? There'll be a an I for Intel or a G for a Graviton or an A for an AMD, for example. Yeah. Um, so you, you you can absolutely choose. Um, but, you know, it's more for that, you know, if you're going to a cloud native thing and you're using Lambda functions and these sorts of things, you, you can't choose. You know, the hyperscaler will build that for you when you just consume it. And I think a lot of people go to cloud looking at it like that. Yeah. But for a more legacy application, oh, I'll use that term <laughs> loosely for SAP. I'm not, not in a derogatory way, right? No, no, absolutely. Um, you know, it's more of a monolithic architecture. Um, you can absolutely choose the instances. So, you know, one of the things that we've done is a lot of benchmarking 
to show how different applications perform on different generations of Intel processor. Right. Oh, and indeed, we do it against our competitors' architectures as well um, to show what the difference in performance per dollar or absolute performance can be by picking a certain architecture. Right. So we've just released the new fourth gen Xeon, so that'll start coming out. So there'll be benchmarks for a press AP. I'm not sure we've got any yet. They might be out now. But certainly as an example, between the previous two generations, an instance would be a similar price but you could get 50% better price performance by moving on to the newer one. Right. Okay. Right. So if you, you know, if you look at processor generations, typically you're getting a a 20% or more performance bump by moving from one generation to the next. So the message is, and the the config tool that you might go to might just spit out because they've not updated it, a two year old instance. So the so the implications are 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 significant, really. Well, that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And outside SAP, I think a good example, um, and we'll probably touch on this. You know that that I, I think customers look at. You know, if you look at Moore's law, as it was historically, mm. it was first of all we were trying to get the clock speeds higher. Right? You know, yeah. can we go from <laughs> 500 megahertz to a gigahertz to three gigahertz to? And then we got to a point actually we've hit the limit of that, so we're adding more and more cores, so we're scaling out. Um, so people tend to look at how many calls has it got and what's the clock speed. Um, and those are just general purpose calls, but a lot of what's come in over more recent years is specific application acceleration. So offloading, um, things like encryption, mm-hmm. AI functionality, those sorts of things. Um, and one of those for Databricks as a, a data lake style platform, for example, um, when you move from one instance type to another, you could take advantage of what we call AVX 512. So this is a, an advanced vector extension, right. which meant you get twice the performance. Right? So we had an example customer that said, I've got a struggle with my hosting costs on the hyperscaler. How can you help me? And we said, well, if you move from the instance type you've got now to this new one, you need half the number of instances. Right. So it can have a massive, pretty profound effect on yeah. the hosting cost. Okay, yeah. so so the, so the message is absolutely this is important and customers should be paying attention. Yes. Right. Okay, and and clearly there are significant advantages and benefits to be had by paying attention and really getting into that detail. Yeah, and and that's that's what we try to help with, you know, by yeah. providing benchmarking to show. <laughs> yeah. You know, I present SAP events. You know, this is the gain in performance you get by moving to a Gen three rather than a Gen 2 Xeon. Yeah. And here's the instance names, you know, and here's reference, you know, we come up with reference architectures and those sorts of things, uh, both on the cloud and, and with OEM partners as well, you know, for your, your a Dell Apex or an uh, HPE GreenLake kind of config as well. Okay, right. And so uh, let's let's introduce the, 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 the notion of, of RISE because um, I must admit, um, I, well, I found relatively recently that rise comes in t-shirt sizes and mm-hmm. so i'd be right in saying there that those uh, are certifications by sap and does that take that choice away from you therefore uh in 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 that environment um you can you can see what it's running on mm-hmm. right so you can see under the hood so yep. it's not quite like moving to a workday SaaS platform um but they may not they might lag a little bit in adoption of the latest processor architectures. Okay. Right. So, so at the, at the, at the moment, 
for SAP HANA for the database that only runs on Intel. That might change in the future. So it's going to be an Intel skew for HANA, the application area, you've got more choice. Um, but you know, certainly I've seen instances with Rise where they didn't yet support the latest generation. So right. you know, we, we right. might come in and say, actually, yeah, you could you could get 30% more performance um, for that, but that might not be supported yet with Rise. But I think you know, when you're buying into Rise, there are some trade-offs with that. You're handing over, you know, you can't customize it as much. Yeah, right? you know, you, yep. you, it's that. I think that balance of I'm I'm handing over ownership of a certain level of management of that platform. It's prepackaged to, is to, it? to somebody else as a prepackaged thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saving cost, but I've got less flexibility. And I think, I mean, that, that comes to an interesting discussion point around SAP as to the best the best way to to build it and i said you know i worked on some pretty big projects historically and saw companies taking maybe an industry specific sap isu mm. kind of thing um and then customizing the hell out of it <laughs> really there's a surprise <laughs> right? there's a surprise <laughs> yeah okay and then finally actually oh i can't even move to the latest version of sap erp never mind hannah yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and there's a lot of that about, you know, I did, I did an event in London last last year and I asked people, you know, how many of you, how many of you moved to HANA? How many of you moved to BTP? Where are you on that journey? So they're kind of struggling. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think that's a, a decision point about what, what do you do as you move forward? It can be that painful. Do I even stay on SAP? In some instances, right? no, and and um, that, that is absolutely right. I mean, that without, I mean, SAP wouldn't wouldn't like that conversation. But you know, definitely, there are clients out yeah. there that are, that are I, the same. I'm, know, I'm at that that crossroad, really. Yeah, and I, I think the interesting area for me, you know, I, I do come from this more from the infrastructure side than the application side. But what looks interesting to me is that whole sort of BTP concept, yeah. where I would I'd keep the core clean. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't I don't customize it. I try and keep that as vanilla as possible. But then I have the agility of bringing new business functionality through applications that sit around it and talk to the core. You know, I've, I having you know, 20, 25 years of working with SAP projects. That looks a good thing. <laughs> well, I have to say, and, and it's kind of me a culpa because, um, you know, I'm now seeing customers that I've, I've met, dare I say, it, 25, 30 years ago. And, you know, 25, 30 years ago, we say, yeah, this is great, SAP. You can customize it to do exactly what you want it to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and it reflects exactly the way you work and, and all the rest of it. And I remember many, many conversations quite heated by people saying, well, what's this SAP process? You know, best of breed, best of breed for who? You know, we're completely different. But I think over yeah, that yeah. 25 years, I mean, you go back 25 years ago, you know, the advent of the internet wasn't that endemic. It was just starting, really. And I think with that, it's it's created homogenized processes between organizations because they trade electronically in a way that they never did before. Yeah. So it's forced people to do it. And actually, you know, now I am going back to those same clients saying, you know, we, we talked about customizing the hell out of it. Well, actually, you don't want to do that. You want to have that clean core. And I think that's something that a lot of customers are doing on their S4 journey, genuinely doing yeah. that. And yeah. then looking at BTP and how they can, and it depends there's lots of terms around microservices another one that i've heard which is putting that all outside but interacting with sap yeah yeah and i think and I, i'm not saying that customization that was done before was wrong 
because they were coming from the mainframe, right? You know, it's an evolutionary yeah. Yeah. thing. And actually, oh, we can do this stuff. It's yeah. only 10 years later, you realise it wasn't such a good idea. I know, I know. <laughs> I think the problem is we can, we can be a little bit hard on ourselves because, you know, it's the power of hindsight, isn't it? At the time. Yeah, yeah. It's it easy was, now. Yeah. yeah, it was great. But, you know, if we could have only had a crystal ball. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of one of the big areas, um, and I'm, I'm sure this is going to come up at Sapphire this year, is around energy and sustainability and there's a huge amount of focus by customers moving to cloud as part of a decarbonization program um, talking clearly energy costs are absolutely astronomical uh, and, and hitting businesses really hard so i mean where where do you focus with your clients around the choice of infrastructure chips and the impact that can have both in terms of energy cost and on the sustainability goals yeah, so I mean, Intel, we, we do the backstory. There's an awful lot that we do to be green as a company, our whole manufacturing processes and energy consumption, and we're doing a lot in that space. But, but when it comes to talking to customers about what they can do, I, th I think it's the performance per watt right. for me. And that's, that's you know, there aren't really benchmarks to, to, to measure that very well. And, and, you know, so most of the cloud providers will give you some form of report of your carbon footprint. Mm. It's difficult to see what's under the covers of that because obviously it's not just the CPU. There's memory, there's storage, there's networking, there's there's yeah all, all of that stuff. So it's quite difficult. Um, but you know, I see. You know, I said that there's, there's these different acceleration technologies coming into processor architectures and and things like that. I think that's the you know where we're trying to focus is showing people don't look at the power consumption of the cpu socket right and say right. oh an intel processor is 250 watts and this other one's 80 watts so why would i use intel well, actually i might use four of the other ones to do the same amount of work yeah right okay. so just just looking at the socket is is not necessarily sensible um and if you think of that example i said the databricks so actually if i go onto the right instance i can have the half number of instances yeah well, that's half the power consumption that's a simple yeah <laughs> it's that it's that simple right so um and and you know the, the processes are getting warmer you know we're working with people looking at immersion cooling where you, you have the server really submerged in a um well if you, if you think of the amount of energy that we used to try and cool yeah these computers with all the fans and things like that actually if you take a cpu and you submerge it in a conductive fluid you take all those fans away right right I'm just thinking. Um, clearly, water and uh, and electronics don't mix. It's not it, water. But... <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a hydrocarbon right, sort of okay. conductive fluid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's quite it's it's quite an interesting space. Not quite mainstream yet, but we're certainly seeing people look at look at that sort of thing. Um, but I think you know, in, in the processor architecture, um, you know, I said before that, that it was we were looking at clock speed and then the number of calls, you know, if I've got 64 or 96 or crazy numbers of calls, um, those calls are all general purpose calls. So what we're, what we're doing is adding acceleration specific silicon around the processor. So right. doing things like, you know, that, that take a CPU a lot of time. So encryption yep. takes a lot of CPU time, compression and decompression mm. takes a lot of CPU time. Um, AI, do I need to have to add a GPU to mm. do AI functionality? 
So in the latest, you know, we've had acceleration in for some of those functions, certainly for encryption and SGX for a few years now, AVX that I mentioned for um, advanced vector extensions. Um, but we've, in the new generation that's just come out, we're adding um, additional things for, for compression, decompression, for AI. And these will bring an order of magnitude improvement in performance. So right. not necessarily SHP specific, but just as an example, you know, that we're getting a, a, a 10x or 100x in some situations wow. improvement in performance, but you're then offloading from the CPU. So you need less CPU cores. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that, that's coming across the board for networking and all, all sorts of things. So that makes it quite difficult to do a comparison. Um, and, and it makes me laugh sometimes at one of the hyperscalers, I won't name them, comes out with a presentation about all the architectures they support. And they always start with Intel, which is great. And they say Intel is, you know, the best, best scale up platform for your SAP, for Oracle, for Microsoft SQL. Um, and then they'll say, oh, and this other vendor's a little bit cheaper. <laughs> but, but they don't say the price performance. And they say, oh, and this other one that we're making ourselves is really power efficient. Right. Right. In, 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 but they're, they're they don't actually have a single benchmark that goes across all the three. There's three independent statements. So it's very difficult to... to, to... <laughs> but, but as a customer, if you don't know that, you'll just yeah. think, oh, well, I'll go with that cheapest, lowest power consumption one. Well, it's not actually saying apples with apples. this is the cost power consumption for my workload. Yeah. So it's quite difficult. Um, so, you know, we're, we're certainly looking at how do, how do we help customers see that you know and maybe for something like a rise t-shirt that would be something you could do because you know all the elements that yeah all the variables are set or at least right yeah um but yeah i i think as we move forward that sort of um more application specific acceleration is, is what's going to make a bigger difference and ai um and security uh, is becoming more and more prevalent in conversations that we're having. I mean, I, I think it'd be safe to say maybe two or three years ago, it was just a notion, but actually more recently, I've noticed customers doubling down on that and being much more serious about, you know, where where, where is that going to give me real benefit? Where is that going yeah. to? How can, yeah. I, how can I deploy it? Um, whereas before it was like, well, I've got an awareness of it, but it's kind of a bit bleeding edge and I don't really want to go down there just at the moment. So it's definitely becoming uh mainstream and right right at the center of conversation certainly that i'm having yeah and that, that was that for me you know I, I did a lot of hpe actually looking in retail and and some of those ai workloads you'd, you'd have to have a gpu and if you're doing that across lots of sites for example and this is an sap but you know, um there's quite a high cost of entry yeah to, to do that whereas actually if if i can do it in a standard cpu i can try these things out and understand what I can do without a big commitment. So I, I think it's um, the whole AI thing is really interesting. I mean, I've, I've been looking at ChatGPT recently and what you can do <laughs> with that. It's just fascinating. It is. It is. It is fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating. And uh, yeah, I, I did speak to somebody the weekend who was wondering whether they could get to, uh, get it to write a proposal for them, which I thought was <laughs> worrying. A worrying. It, it probably trend. could. Yeah, a worrying trend. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. It's, that's interesting. That's one of those things I've, I've played with it a bit recently, and and. Um, just to give you a framework, I don't think I get it to write the whole proposal. No, exactly. But, but right. actually, to give you to give you a report with all of the introduction, the, the, the yeah. conclusion, and the framework, and then say, well, actually, that's great. But I'll tweak it. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll tweak it. But um, 
because I think people would realise because it comes out with the same patterns. You can, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there there, there <laughs> is a, a certain repetitiveness about you can, it. You can kind of see, can't you? Yeah, yeah. So um, we we British, we I mean we are talking about innovation, but where where do you you know part of your job is to kind of. I was going to say evangelize, but but be a visionary, and and I'm just interested in where you think the market's going to go in terms of the the underlying technologies that support SAP. Where do you think? I mean, we've already talked about AI, but you know, where where do you think that's that's going to go? What what we're going to see over the next few years? Um, I think I think those acceleration technologies, you know, and I, mm. I, you know, in, Intel and and SAP have worked together closely for decades, you know, and as I said at the beginning, you know, that, that the whole platform for SAP HANA was actually Intel and SAP working together to bring in the yeah. the memory extensions to be able to, to do it, you know, yeah. and, and um, so, you know, we've got a, a strong history of, of working together. Um, I think, you know, for the security stuff, you know, I've not, not seen a roadmap on this, but, you know, the ability to, to have stronger encryption and security and be more efficient with things like compression and decompression mm. uh, those sorts of things will make a difference they, they obviously take a while <laughs> to get fed into a platform like like sap hana um but that sort of thing i think will um develop some of those other acceleration technologies will, will fit around the core in that application space you know in the in, as we touched on btp and the ability to you know how do i apply Am I, am I going to put AI into the core platform? No, but <laughs> I, I can build functionality on the side that's hooked back into it. And at the same point of keep the core clean, um, that, that sort of thing I think will be interesting. And actually, I mean, that's that raises a really good point because obviously you can look this through through the lens of what 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 is the underlying architecture behind my SAP application. But actually what you're saying is, you know, would I be right in saying you, you need to be looking at your architecture across the whole of the enterprise to really start it, to, 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 to maximize the benefit of it? Because I guess yeah, I the, think so. yeah. the, the danger is that you, you kind of have a, a blinkered view in terms of your SAP estate and then another one on something else. And before you know it, does that, I mean, is, is there any recommendation, any advice that you'd give to potential clients around that? Um, I, I think you know, keep the keep the core as as clean as you can. Yeah. Um, I think that approach of you know we've we've looked at that whole sort of microservices piece. How do I bring you know SAP systems have not been associated with agility. <laughs> yeah, no, they haven't. They haven't. No. <laughs> I would say, and then for good reason. It's the core. Yeah. It's the it's the it's the grand jewels. It's the core of the business. Yeah. Right? It's not so it's not insignificant, is it? It's a major. Yeah. It's a major workload. <laughs> You don't you don't mess with it, but um, so I I, th I think that's the the interesting piece around how do you expand around that you know keep keep the core there use those APIs to to reach out and bring that cloud like functionality um, and 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 that makes it flex more you know one of the things that I found interesting with customers over the over the last ten years I suppose was oh we've moved SAP to cloud. We just need to work out how to turn bits on and off and make it more efficient. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might be able to turn a few application servers on and off, um, but that's the difference, you know, as to how do you how do you bring those cloud native, more flexible mm. functions of, around the core? Yeah, um, would would be where I would look. Um, 
and, 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 and see what you can do in that space. Perfect. Well, Ian, um, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for, uh, for, for freeing up. I know you're incredibly busy at the moment and, and thank you for, uh, being a guest on, on Snapchat. That's been great to be here. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time.